Well, hey, hey, everybody. What's up? Just on my way to go do a podcast, and I stopped by this advertisement that I'd share with you. Shopsketchdraft.com. Hey, Brandon. Yes, sir. You on your way to the podcast? I'm heading that way, but I got kind of held up. Ah, held up by what? Shopsketchcraft.com. Oh, my goodness. Hey, look at this. Oh, my gosh. Here's the actual site. I'm there now. Look at all this nifty stuff. Brandon can no longer waste his money on because I don't let him. I've been banned. <laughs> but I, can still, I can still look. This is a four-year ban, right? It's, it's, I believe so, actually, I think so. <laughs> yeah. It's not even a joke, everybody. That's, that's actually yeah. true. I, I banned people for a lot, for a long time. And you know, Brandon, if, if you had spent all your money at shopscatchcraft.com, I would have appreciated it, but you would not have been able to pay for the bills you still can't pay for right now. Right? Exactly. But maybe then much. you would have your walls decorated and all this nonsense you see here. That's How great stuff. would that right. Well, you know, uh, Brandon does have, the original version of this, right? Look at that old drawing. Ooh, the Raphael. Hey, you do. <laughs> and I figure since Brandon owes the original, you guys can own a copy. Got a set of four here going on here for $45. So, like I said, folks, I only put limited stuff up. I've been getting a lot of requests recently for these turtles and some of the Mega Man stuff. Um, which, by the way, you should all know this Mega Man stuff you see here is probably, I'd say, 99% going to be in the Mega Man 11 tribute art book shipping soon. So they're supposed to send me a copy, Brandon. So nice. Then I will go to shopsketchdraft.com and 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 buy something for myself so I can I can own it too, right? And mm-hmm. yeah, yay! All right, everybody, let's go back to the show. Looks a little different. Dum, dum. Hey, everybody, welcome to the. Oh my goodness. The Sketchcraft Weekly Podcast. And when I say weekly, I mean, you know, probably. <laughs> it should consistent. We've been good about it. <laughs> it should be called the Sketchcraft Probably Podcast, you know? Probably Weekly Podcast. It's amazing. You know, if you go to, if you're on iTunes and you go or you're downloading this, uh, not on YouTube, by the way, folks, I put every podcast I've ever done up on the YouTube. So I want to start the show off here a little bit. I got, I got two, Brandon. I got two people asking me about how come there's only five episodes on the iTunes. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go there right now. Sketchcraft iTunes. Because I want to show you all this. Uh, if you're downloading this podcast directly through a, a podcast app, there we go. Um, this is where the iTunes app is. Um, you're going to see there's only four episodes in here. Yet look at all these reviews dating back to 2013. Uh, the reason for this is I refuse to spend the two to three hundred dollars a year to have a podcast company host this podcast. I refuse to do it, Brandon. I did it for. Mm-hmm. 
for four years for the length of the original podcast, and then I stopped doing it. What I've done though is I have put every version. If we go to Sketchcraft, the YouTube channel, right on the YouTube channel, there down here are two. There's Sketchcraft podcast, which is all the podcasts we've done in the last few years. And then there's Sketchcraft Podcast 2010-2014, which was the original 55, 56 episodes we did around four-year period. Uh, Brandon, you didn't jump until 2013, I want to say, 2012? Uh, 2012. Uh, 2012. I think so. So a couple years of just me in there. Uh, and then 100-plus here. We're really around episode 150-something. Like, Something like that. <laughs> yeah. It's up there. But like every other useless comic book company, we renumber every year and mm-hmm. get that number down because we like low numbers. <laughs> Just like my views. I right, reinvent Brandon? myself every couple of years, so mm-hmm. we're good. Mm-hmm. We and, like uh, low numbers around here. Like <laughs> our bank accounts, our views, our oh, likes. Right? Our, uh, As opposed to the health, high numbers. Health. The high numbers of the thumbs down they seem to get every now and then from like six <laughs> consistent people. <laughs> yes. It's like every now and then, Brandon, six consistent people remember that they subscribe to this fucking nonsense. And so, hold on. We got, uh, we, we got some good ones, though. Like, uh, shout out to, to Luke in the chat room. He said uh, he digs the new intro and he's watching us with 10% left on his phone right now. So that's Oh, my right goodness. Now. The last 10%. We, we got to make it good. Just like Brandon's bank account. Before he, oh, I cut him I off from shopsketchcraft.com. You remember, remember you, you bought, uh, you wanted to buy like $150 worth of stuff. And that's why I'm like, you need to stop. Like, <laughs> you cut me off. I think the last thing I bought was about two, $300 was the, the Phoenix, the Phoenix, uh, print sketch and drawing. Yeah, and like you, you guys out. were trying to find an apartment, and I'm like, your wife's gonna hate me. And every time I go there, I'm gonna be reminded of uh, I have a, but to be fair, you're not the only artist I buy art from. It's not like my whole walls are just Rob. It's other artists as well. And we've all it's cut just, you off, right? Yeah, nobody, everybody cuts me off. Uh, I'll, I don't know how to pronounce the name. I guess Sixer asks, "What this stream is about? What's this stream about, Rob? What is our oh, what is the podcast? This, this is where uh, every week or so we just talk about what I've been up to, man. And it's, Rob is a professional artist. Fair to say. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, hey, folks. If you don't know who I am, then that's probably because I, I don't count. Like. <laughs> <laughs> You're not relevant. I am definitely not relevant. You know. Uh, I'm a, I, I, you know, man, I don't, I don't know about all this. Here's the thing. I am working on a video where I can explain to people what the point of all this is, but until then, you'll just have to like hang out or not hang out. Can, can I go directly into one of my topics? Mm. Cause it just kind of fits in. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Okay. Cause I, I really, and we did not plan this. It just happens this way. Usually at what point? Should someone consider themselves a quote unquote working pro? That's the first part of the question. Second part, when did you, Rob, consider yourself to be one? Uh I was not a working pro until November of two thousand and five. And that's when I got a full time job making art for T shirt companies. Like that was my full time job. I mean, I got lucky in that I actually had to go and interview, bring a portfolio, get hired, 
clocked in every day, got paid a salary, you know, to do graphic design and illustration. So when your full-time job is making art and getting paid for it, then there you go. Um, now, that's to say you're not an artist. Matter of fact, I, I almost recommend most people do this shit on the side. Seriously. And that's not anything against you. It's just I think you'll, you'll probably be create better work, <laughs> more compelling work. You'll, you'll spend your life in ways that are meaningful as opposed to the endless amounts of projects I've worked on that went absolutely nowhere. And folks, if you're wondering why I got this image up versus the normal one, it's because I have to make a... Uh, if I go back to the weekly podcast... Here's the thing. I run this thing called Open Broadcasting Software. So right here is the weekly podcast. If I click that, it'll play the theme over again. So I, it's a little chink in the system since I um, uh, kink in the system since I I rebuilt all this stuff. So I need to mm -hmm. add a title card uh, separate of that. So I'm just manually putting it up for now. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what I would say. But look, here's the thing. Most people in life, like my dad, right, or anyone else, they 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 go, they have a job, they make some money, they come home, they wonder what life is for. Sometimes they do different hobbies, sometimes they play video games, sometimes they go drinking. If you're making art, at least 50% of 50% of the time you're off in your life, you're going to at least spend your time being creative and you're going to make things. And when you go to the movies or you read comic books or manga or watch cartoons or whatever, when you see all things, you'll then have an appreciation for the amount of effort it took to make that, and you'll see it in a different light. This is why I got exposed to the making of films on accident in 1984 when HBO first got the rights to... 1984, yeah, when HBO got the rights to Return of the Jedi, they put up the making of Return of the Jedi. It was like a 30-minute thing, and it would play every night before Return of the Jedi. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and so, and they didn't have animatics, so when they had to work out the speeder bike sequence, they literally had little speeder bike toys <clears> they made, <throat> and guys on like sticks, and they would run them through a model, and go, woo, you know. But I learned, wow, from that comes this movie, you know, right. and that set me on the path of learning how movies were made, how cartoons were made, you know. And I stopped going, well, I liked that movie, but I didn't like it when it did this. I mean. I always look from the frame of like, well, that, that, that was, those were bad visual effects. <laughs> that shot did not work out. Uh, and that's how I could tell the difference between Mac and me and E.T., you know, when I was a little shit nobody, you know? <laughs> right. And it wasn't just because a bunch of people were dancing at McDonald's, you know? Um, but I'll tell you what, man, I have friends that do this full time. They're in art departments and they're not artists. How do I how do I describe? It? They're artists, they're paid professionals, but they're not artistic people. They're literally coming in and doing a job they know how to do technically, but they have no passion or love or eyesight. They generally have to like I don't want to say steal, but they have to be influenced by previously existing work to make new work. They can't bring anything new to the table. So that's where this whole channel comes from. It's like, well, how how do I describe? that point where you're going beyond technicalities, you're going beyond just getting it done, and you're starting to produce things that uh, come from somewhere. And 
I I don't have the. I, I'm just now grasping at those answers, Brandon. Twenty mm-hmm. years. I mean, I've been doing this professionally since 2005. That's 13 years. I set on the path 100% in 1998. 20 years ago to this year, I quit everything and joined the military just so I can get away from everyone and focus on my art and put myself on this. Everything I'm doing today is because of a choice I made in 1998. Um, 20 years, fuck. And I'm just <laughs> now understanding <laughs> how to do that, you know? how to get in that stuff so your work becomes more personal you know and and some of it this is a separate subject but i think some of it because it's been on my mind especially the last 24 hours brandon i haven't talked to you about this because you have a new job right and i'm you know and you're all fucking busy so but i've been thinking a lot about the way to make a personal statement is to narrow out a lot of details and focus on very specific things. So, um, I've done pieces where it's just been a head sketch or a body sketch, and then I've done pieces where there's hundreds of characters. And it's tough. Like the I, the, the the phrase that comes to mind is, when you show everything, you say nothing. And so try to think about it like this. Like, you, you know when you see a, a, a movie where everything's exploding all the fucking time? Like, they're blowing up the world again. You know, they call that bayhem or whatever. Like, yeah. it's just uh, disaster porn might be another word for it. Yeah. And then you're like, there's all this shit's getting blown up in a movie, but you don't care. Right. You know? Because they're showing all this stuff happening, but there's no, there's nothing personal about it. When you... When you look at an image of a city, if you trace that city line for line for line, you're going to have a very technical drawing that a lot of times will just say nothing. It won't feel like anything. And so there's a way of reinterpreting the data and edging out details and focusing in on stuff that allows you to create a personal statement. And that's sort of what I've been trying to arrive at. Like the last twenty four hours I've really been very zen on this right. subject and literally I stayed up far too late last night going over stuff on this, but and so this podcast is where I get a chance to talk about that in a concentrated effort versus on one of my random real time streams. Now, I want to take it to another question I had recently come up uh on the YouTube channel. Since we do like feedback, this is something I get often. So I thought I would read it back to you. A comment came from uh, Dragon ICVS, which I appreciate. <clears throat> they took the time to ask, uh, why don't you do more tutorials or speed arts and story art like other YouTubers do so I can grow my YouTube? Uh, And then I replied, I do have plenty of speed tips and art tips uh, and playlists, but they don't seem to grow my channel any more than real-time vids. I've always had a small but dedicated following for my entire career. It happens. So I like to elaborate on this a little bit more. So first off, folks, if you're wondering if I have speed vids or anything, I have a whole playlist here of speed vids. There's like 50 videos in there of me drawing, painting, doing color pencil, Matter of fact, if I just open this up right here, uh, we can go right down. 
I've done three minute ones, one minute, 45 minute, uh, hour and a half of commentary, talking through all this stuff, 20 minutes, 10 minutes. I've tried every variation of minutes there are. Watercolor, Copics, uh, digital, doesn't landscapes, doesn't seem to matter. I generally average over a year or two's time, a thousand views per video. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And then usually about a hundred views per video. <clears throat> Every now and then, I get some bump, and for a little while, I got a bump in views from um, these digiscapes, these landscapes I did. And so, like this one has one hundred twenty-two thousand views. But I've been at fourteen thousand subscribers now for about a year and a half, so <laughs> it's not really changing life. Now, if you're thinking, well, maybe your videos are too long, I also have this thing called the sixty-second podcast. And that's where, on my Instagram, I do like these little mini tutorials in 60 seconds. And usually covering an entire project as I'm working on it, where I just plop on the phone, get in there, talk about a little piece, reiterate a lot of useful knowledge. Uh, And then Brandon is forced to take all those YouTube videos, like this Dragon Ball tribute I did is 23 parts. That's 23 minutes when you think about it, broken into one minute Mm -hmm. increments. And then Brandon has to put them in here in order and tag them and do a bunch of effort. And no one cares. <laughs> yeah, I, do, no I do a lot of mm-hmm. uploading and tagging and yeah. making the thumbnails and mm-hmm. and I make them. Watch these videos. And I make them. And Brandon keeps thinking. I know one day Brandon's like, "Well, what's the point?" And I try to explain to Brandon, right? And and this is my explanation for you people. I don't care if I get fourteen thousand YouTube followers or one hundred and forty thousand YouTube followers. I do not care. Let me explain to you why I don't care. One, I'm not doing this YouTube thing to become a YouTuber. All right? It just so happens I first started doing live stream on livestream.com because I typed in how do I live stream and that was the first thing that popped up. And I was streaming because I was starting to do uh, things artistically that I could not remember how I did them. (laughs) I would do Copics, watercolor, and I'm like, I don't know what I just did because I was mentally here when I did them. So I would stream them, and then I was like, oh, hey, look, I can at least reference what I did. Problem. Live stream only would stream in like 240p or 380p. Uh It was super low res. And they wanted 500 bucks a year to stream in HD, and they were deleting videos that were a week old, and you couldn't organize them. Oh, geez. And so I was like, well, what's the point of that? And now I had a pretty good following on live stream. I mean, I'd have, I once had one night 500 people in my stream. But I was like, guys, the videos deleting don't help. So right. I quit the live stream and went to YouTube because YouTube was free and I could store the videos. And that eliminated 98% of my live stream on They did not come over. <laughs> there are people to this day I still haven't talked to. You know, and they were mad. Like, why'd you leave? You know, <laughs> then like now you should go to Twitch. I'm like, I can't organize my videos on Twitch either. They're like by date. You know, I don't. It doesn't quite work out that way. I've tried, man. I, I have the Sketchcraft Twitch channel. I log in every six months and try to find a way to make it work. But it's just it's an organizational effort for me, folks. Do you understand? Like Brandon's doing all this organization for the podcast and for the 60 second podcast and for the real time videos and the speed videos. For me, for me to go in there and see the videos organized. So I can go on any given night and remember how the hell I did something. Um, and I do it often. 
that's no shit. When I when I haven't like when I go back to do some saucy painting, I gotta go back and watch my own videos. Um <laughs> <laughs> to get a refresher like how did i do it that's why i do a lot of the real time it's not because i expect anyone to sit there and watch it for an hour 41 it's because i want to see exactly what i did in real time how it was made now there's a bonus to that and that bonus is one there's really not a lot of bullshit on this channel you know like if you see me make something you're gonna probably get to see me make 90 to 98 percent of it you know some nights I can't stream because either the internet is out, it happens, or I'm in a really not good mood to hang out with people, and so I don't want to waste anyone's night who took the time out to hang out and be a dick and not talk to them or what. So you know, um, right. or sometimes just you know, like I'm listening to podcasts and I just forget to turn it on. <laughs> this happened to me once when Joe Rogan had one of those like. You know, he does a fight nights with all the MMA guys come on there. And right. Brian Callen and Brendan Schaub and Eddie Bravo's on there. This crazy fucking nonsense. And I literally lost so much track of time. I got a whole piece done and I was like, I forgot to turn it on. And they went four, six hours. One, It was crazy. It was like a two-parter. Uh, so it happens. Um, and then, then every now and then, Brandon and I come together and we talk about uh, what we've done the, during the week. And... You know, entertainment. I've tried everything. I've tried the entertainment. We did uh, we did one where we did a wrap-up show for every One Punch Man. We did all the first yeah. season, right? They got no views. We did... <laughs> <laughs> we, what you need to understand, Sketchcraft is pretty much about just continually failing and just mm -hmm. continuing on anyway. You know? Failing upwards. Mm -hmm. But what, what there also is is this. There's an opportunity here. And it's called luck. And the opportunity is, I I want to show you something that I did as a on a lark um, years ago, 2013, 2013. It's on my DeviantArt site, which is why I always leave this up. So when I was first designing Game Cave, I wanted to, I thought I was going to do the first book called Critter Junkies. Every game was going to be about critters and gaming because I did this piece for Play Magazine, which was all about the critters of gaming, and I. I had to cut it in half or I wasn't ever going to finish it on time. And I drew Crash, and I really liked it, but uh, a lot of people didn't. And I wanted to do a version of Crash that was super crazy looking. So I did this, 2012. Um, and this took me, I don't know, six or eight hours to draw and color. And that's when I realized my digital coloring technique is flawed. This should not take six hours. Most of this is a two-hour endeavor tops right. um but i was doing everything very complicated and wrong anyway, but i left this up like everything else i leave up on the internet this pick happened to catch the eye of a game studio which led them to the critters which led them to all this stuff you see here which led them to everything else i've ever done last december and got me the work on spyro you know just because mm -hmm. they see everything else i do so really the YouTube, the podcast, Deviant, ArtStation, Instagram, is also, I can, on a, on a luck, snag uh, employment years down the way. Case in point, this Hulk Saucy I did, this piece was commissioned by uh, Bruce Powell, who is the senior lighting uh, director at ILM. He did this one and this Logan. 
And that's the guy who's been in charge of all the visual effects lighting for Pirates, Transformers, Revenge of the Sith, Star Wars. I mean, all that shit. I knew right. his work quite well. You know, and that gave me a friend at ILM. So next time I go to San Francisco, I can get a tour of ILM personally, you know, and this sits in the studio because he's a fan of the style. So, you know, it's about making the right kinds of friends, the right kinds of fans and finding people right. who are like-minded, who are interested in what you're doing and hanging out. And then they'll come and go. You guys will be here for a year, maybe, and then you'll disappear and then come back. And if that means, I remember when Angry Joe was at a million people, he was having mm-hmm. a good time. He got to two million. He hates his channel. Turn off comments. He was like, this place was better at a million. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, because you hit a point sometimes where you're not really getting fans. You're getting people who are just following on and then they're fucking with you, you know? Right. We don't have that problem here at Sketchcraft. No. But, but no. But what if at 40,000 people, I started to get that? I got people that would endlessly be like, show me how to draw Batman in like 30 minutes. You know, and I'd be like, trace a picture of Batman and take credit. There's your fucking lesson, you know? So, like, like half of the artists on Instagram, just take a photo of Batman from a movie, trace it, you know what I mean, and never give credit, and then just fucking, there you go. That's a real good way to do it. Uh, But that's because I'm a bit of an asshole. Hence, hence, there you go, the little sad rob, right? Brandon's the nice guy in this relationship. That's why he's the happy potato. Pretty much. I'm the, uh, you know, and I, I have the least to show artistically and career-wise, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, yet mm-hmm. I stay happy. I stay. Mm-hmm. I stay. The happy. most you've done career-wise is post all those videos and thumbnails. Oh, you dick! What? <laughs> <laughs> Should I? You know what? Let's let's be nice. Let's be nice and show people something you have done, right? That is not gonna get you any work. Or fans, but you know we can show Brandon is somewhat productive, even with his. Uh, I can't use the word "gimp" anymore, right? That's not good. Mm-hmm. That's, that's negative. Um, your, your goofy, goofy arm. How about that? Your injured arm. Injury. Eh, whatever. So, sixteen hmm, bit. See, I, I for some reason it's only opening up the one you did in three fourths perspective. Yeah, we don't got to worry about it. Uh, no, we'll show people this one. Let's see if I can dig up the Saturn really quick, because I can't remember if I put it in Dreamcast. Uh, Saturn 02. Let's see. Here we go. So I had Brandon do this for Mega Visions. And he sort of did it right. We still got to work on it. I don't see anything on the on the TV, on the channel. Oh, here it comes. Here yeah, it goes. Brandon, there's something called a delay. It's called physics, ah, light. Ah, you know, it's, ah. it's got to go through the internet, bounce off the server, get back There it here. is. So now i got to come back to the Illustrator file because Brandon. I saw it. Yeah. So. I've seen it. Anyhow, uh, God. See, Brandon? See what happens when you run the. <laughs> you, you screwed me up. Yes, yes. This is now, all I closed Illustrator and i got to do this all over again. Anyhow, I'm uh, anyway. doing art direction on this game magazine. For what reason, I don't understand why I signed up for this. Because I'm a glutton for punishment. And I want these technical schematics for each game system. Mm-hmm. And so I gave Brandon uh, the task of doing that. Go grabbing photos and then tracing over them. In the case of this, we got to add a bit more detail. I'll probably just go over it myself, Brandon. Uh, okay pixel wise and then you'll know what to do next time or you can 
didn't you know gotcha. what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is a pretty good start. And I'm able to then take this and integrate that into uh, the layouts and stuff, which I cannot bring up right now. So there you go. So Brandon's done that. So you have done something artistic. Yay, you. Yay, me. Yeah. And you kind of draw on that Mega Man, but you still got to work on your line quality. You draw on that. How's your arm going right now uh, with the drawing? That was just, that was more of the, uh, setting up the for the uh light light box in it mm. so i was just filling in some shades but it's it's gonna i'm gonna have to do it twice i know already like i know i'll do it once and then have to smooth it out and stuff so just working on my range of motion and movements uh it's it's because when you draw you know you kind of like flick your arm a little bit so it just kind of still stiff a little bit and getting some rotator cuff problems but it's fine i'll get better so let's this move is to a new this is how I use the Dreamcast stuff it just recently. So this is an early layout for okay. E3 coverage I did for Mega Visions. I haven't dropped in text or anything. This is an early layout, so you can see how I take those controllers and work them into little background elements and stuff like that across the magazine since it's all Sega themed. And I've gone through and added some extra lines and stuff here, so I have to go back and do that uh, separately later. But um, but that's like an example of how we would use these as little elements for the magazine. So there, Brandon gets some, he gets some credit. Yay. <sighs> <I'm a professional. laughs> and I don't pay you. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm paying you with knowledge, teaching uh, you how to make good, reliable shit. My bank is overflowing with knowledge. Mm-hmm. hmm hmm So. Story time. Uh, story time. Uh-huh, you have a story for us on the uh, topics. Oh, we just told a story. I need some. Any comments before we get into story time? Uh, just Armando's random randomness mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. I don't I don't got to go over. So Armando being Armando with some cool stuff. All right. So interesting. <laughs> yeah. So interesting situation occurred the other night. So I'm sitting here working and I had someone on Instagram hit me up and at, and say, hey, is this your art? And they showed me a picture of this t-shirt. Which so, is always a good a good start to a conversation. Like, hey, does this belong to you? Yeah, it's, it's never good. And so it was a picture of a t-shirt, a Halo Master Chief t-shirt. that wow. said, hail to the chief. And in the center, it had my Halo pinup that I did five years ago as a commission. Um some guy had taken it and crushed it down to like three colors and put it on a shirt and they were selling it. And I'm like, uh, and I'm like, no, they stole my shirt and I'm looking around the place and they're super soldiers. They're called like warrior culture gear. And you know, they got their space war shirts. I'm like, whatever dude. But it does annoy me when veterans jank, (laughs) like dude, I served. Right. But you don't see the little fucking flag next to my name and everything I do. You know what I mean? Right. Like most, most people wouldn't really know. They well, don't ever bring it up. because they had this thing. Here's the thing, man. Post, I, I, I served right before I got out of the military right before 9-11. Um, I was medically discharged. Not my choice. They, I hurt my back and I spent two years trying to recuperate it and I got my T-spine in a position where, to this day, I can't lift weights heavily 
or do mm-hmm. push-ups heavily or wear motorcycle helmets why i can't go atv gary i can't wear heavy brandon have you ever seen me wear a helmet of any sort nope nope so i had this thing that occurred for whatever reason i don't want to get into and so after two years of fighting it, i fought it because i wanted to stay in they said you can't wear a cvc without injuring yourself further so you're done and i got out in march of 2001 about a year i had a four-year contract and my con i got out a year before whatever honorably medically separated whatever fine it was a 19 kilo tanker um post 9-11 you know so when i was in the army they had this thing called leadership it's called the soldier's code it's ldr because everything in the military is nomenclature ldr uh ship leadership and it's loyalty guys i'm not looking this up it's built into you they fucking brainwash you loyalty duty respect selfless service honor integrity personal courage selfless service which means we don't run around telling everyone we're fucking veterans all the time but for some reason since fox news took over the fucking country after 9-11 uh, you, you know what I mean? This all came down to when we were like, you know, you got, I'm for the troops, but we're sending them to war. So like, all right. my, I lost friends and I got friends who got limbs missing, but you know, we're for the troops. We keep sending them down range. So let's <laughs> fucking wars. And so when I see veterans, when we're how veteran, how super soldier they are, I'll, then I go, well, I'm one. Stop stealing my fucking art. So I go to this right. thing. I text you at 3 a.m. Right. And let you know, hey, mm-hmm. it's on. And so I go just there. Just on the wake up too. <laughs> Brandon gets the bat signal. I, sh- I shone a light on the heart of the Sketchcraft City. And right? I'm ready to fight. <laughs> I wake up and I'm ready. I, I, took, I took to arms. The I potato signal fight. goes up or the frowny face <laughs> symbol. <laughs> I took the di- digital hands. I took the digital hands. <laughs> and I was so, on it. I was ready. And so immediately we hit him up and we're, you know, I post up the original artwork and I say, hey, everyone, go check out. Look, art these. And then you go on there, and everyone who was like, this is amazing, you're like, tell them what you did. I, so every person that either said they bought one or thought it was amazing, I made sure I let this comment of how you're also a veteran, you made the original art, and someone else stole it to make money on this, taking money away from a veteran. And I commented it down the whole thing. I think I put it up like six times, you know, the people that commented or bought. So it was it was well on there. I was ready to go. So. Yeah. And so, now the thing is, the guy who hit me up, his name is Cuttenbow. He's on Instagram. He's a good dude out in the UK. He also had a, his Halo art janked. He did some vector stuff, you know? And wow. they put his stuff on there, too. <clears throat> Same shirt does brand. Like, we got whatever. Wow. Now, they, they, they took his down, but that was about the end of it. With me, they took it down and then hit me up and wanted to know what they could do to make it right. And which you know is, it's essentially code for <clears throat> how do you, what do we have to do to get the post taken down? Right, and so I said, and they, to their credit, they said, "Hey, we hired a guy and he submitted this art." Now <clears throat> that could be true, that could not be true, but I can't get into. I'm not Columbo, you know what I mean? Like, despite the face, right. <laughs> I am very much like Columbo, but I'm just don't care. So. I said, look, here's my freelance rate for t-shirts. If you pay me the minimum and take the shirt down, then we're square and I can move on with lives. Also, I let him know, I think there's a lot of other stuff in your store that's questionable. <laughs> in terms of 
in terms of where they got the art. And perhaps right. you should take a second look at that. And I recommend everyone else to. But to their credit, <clears throat> they paid me my minimum rate. I took the stuff down and said, hey, thanks. You know, okay, okay. Now, I believe that only happened because I'm a veteran. Okay. They didn't pay the other guy any minimum rate or offer him any sort of monetary compensation. <clears throat> Sorry. So, I went and split the money up with the other guy. That's um, cool. Not to pat me on the back, just because. What it's are you going right to do? It was a fucking right thing to do. Here's the thing, Brandon. We talked last pep episode about why I always frown because I do the right thing. And doing the right <laughs> thing sucks. You yeah, don't make a lot of money. <laughs> no. That's the lesson I learned from Spider Man when I was a kid. He does the right thing and he always owes rent and never gets stiffed money from his employers <laughs> and his girlfriends leave him. That's that's what the right thing does. <laughs> but you know, I can go to sleep at night peacefully. I don't wake up with nightmares. You know? So uh Bow is super appreciative. Like turns out he's really been struggling financially with with art stuff you know like not in any way any more than anyone else does but just you know it's hard to get your art up off the ground financially brandon so he Mm. was really appreciative of that and i said dude i think artists should stick together i think we have a artists have a bad habit of turning on one another you know the minute you go oh you're a master chief artist well you shouldn't have even drawn licensed properties you know they go down this fucking path blame the fucking artist for some guys stealing you know, what about the designer? Yeah, there was a, maybe there was a designer who took my shit and janked it. But at the same time, dude, you know, like, the minute one person said their stuff was janked, you didn't questionably look at the other stuff, too? Right. You know what I mean? Like, so, I don't know, Brandon. You know, and I've worked in t-shirt companies, so I know how this goes. I worked in one for a week. For, I, I hired Brandon. I, had, I got Brandon. I worked that game for three months. And got Brandon a job in a t-shirt company. And made him quit. Four days? A week. I made it it five days. You left on the fifth day. Monday. No, I made it Monday to Friday. Oh, that's right. And then on Saturday, you hit me up. (laughs) I was... It was Memorial Day weekend. Because I went to go to my... I was at my dad's grave. And we were on the phone talking about this, you know. And I said, look, my advice is walk away. You're not made for this job. You know, and it's not that you couldn't do the work. I think with proper, with with an art director who was sympathetic to your skill set, and with proper training, I think you could have. But that job wasn't designed around that. He needed pros who knew their shit right now, you know. And right. he was telling me he wanted someone who didn't know anything so he could train them. But that wasn't the case. That was not the case. No. No. I, I couldn't even. And all I mean, listen, I wasn't I wasn't prepared for the job, skill wise, but also. It was, didn't make it any easier that right from the gate, things did not go right. Like, I got to the job on time. I couldn't log into the pre-existing person's computer till like, 9.30. I got there at 8 a.m. Couldn't log into like, 9.30. Yeah, and we're, we're mixing stories up now, so we'll just move that aside from a separate situation. So, Fine. long story started about the art thieving <laughs> thing. You know, we've had a little history with art thieves on this podcast. Yes. And I'm always hesitant to bring it up because I'm just waiting for one of those fuckers to start coming at me with some weird... Here's the thing about copyright violation on the internet. If I go and complain about a guy stealing my art, it's easier for them to get my channel taken down for complaining about them stealing my art than for them to get taken down for actually stealing my art. Where's the fucking justice in that? 
You know what I mean? Right. So it's like, I always weigh the options. Like, do I make a bigger deal out of this than needs to be? Do I make right. any deal? So what bugged me this time was it was guys in the military acting all super soldier and they weren't following the soldier's code. Where's their integrity? They know they got stuff on there that I don't think was... Look, I look, first off, they're selling unlicensed goods. You know, like, I don't really right. care about that. That's up to t-shirt companies to monitor because the entire internet's selling unlicensed goods. When you go to... You know, Mighty Fine back in the day, now they have a license, but they didn't for the longest time. When you go to Public or you go to any one of these things that have like Rick and Morty, as Calvin and Hobbes, those are all unlicensed goods. Right. So I, I could care less about that. That's a bigger company problem. And I've been in the companies. I've seen when they bring it up. I know their standpoints on it. So I'm not stressed about it because ultimately they're not stressed about it. They are and they aren't. It's a better way to say it. Um. What I do get stressed out about is when people take artists' fan renderings or commissions or whatever you want to say, fan renderings of licensed properties and steal them or then blame the artist for saying they're violating copyright violation because they made a fan drawing of something. Like I, People just don't understand how this works and I'm going to give two reasons why they don't understand. One, whenever they bring it up to a lawyer, a lawyer will always tell them what the law says and the law says whatever it says, but I'm going to tell you, it doesn't really fly. Like, they'll be like, well, they don't own it, and that means anytime they can take them down. Yeah, that's true. They won't, you know? And I'll tell you why they won't, because a lot of the people that draw these things as fan arts become the next artists who draw the actual books. (laughs) Yes. Sad to say, it's your fan art that's probably going to get you your next job. They're not going to be able to see your personal renderings of horses and go, you could draw the next Splatterhouse. It's not going to fucking happen. Like, and it's mostly because the people being in charge that are now in charge of hiring people are not artistic people. Does, did I say that right? Yes. There's not a lot of artistic people who are uh, art directors. I know it sounds weird, but they're not. <laughs> like there's a lot of uh, would-be sales reps and suits and people who think they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So what they do is they, they want to find someone to work on the next Superman game. They go find people who do Superman art. It's that simple. So they'd be shooting themselves in the foot. They also don't consider it any kind of real act of threat so long as you're not fucking making a living taking over the trademark or representing yourself as real goods. Like, you don't go Superman fan art, you know, you go supermanstore.com. Like, that's going to get you in a whole lot of fucking trouble. If you got right. Superman art in your sketchbook or you're selling three or four prints, they don't care. They can complain, take it down, give it a year, put it back up, it's fine. It's just a game they play. It's not a big deal. That's the reality. It's called the spirit of the law, not the actual law. The other thing I want to say is this. They cannot take your fan art and put it on a t-shirt. Do you know why, Brandon? Why can't why why can't it why can't Marvel or any company that has a Marvel license just take your fan art of Captain America and put it on a T-shirt and sell it? Because since they own Captain America, why? because uh, it's I want is it because it's a parody of their no nope, not a parody it's not you just drew Captain America. Hmm. I I don't know because you own the copyright of the actual artwork, not the IP, the artwork. This is why companies have to pay you. (laughs) If they don't pay you for the art they commission, 
then they don't own the art. This is the whole point. It's called labor. And that's why there's things called labor laws. So you own that art. In order for my art to end up in a tribute book for Mega Man or Darksiders or whatever else, I have to sign all these forms releasing the art to them, agreeing that I've not been paid, do you know what I mean? That they own the rights, mm -hmm. that they can now publish it free of whatever. They don't owe me any money because there's labor laws. And I know this concept is lost to 99.9% .9 of the fucking internet. But right. that's just the way it works. They And I've been in the rooms many times with t-shirt companies when they go, if you put fan art on shirts, we're fucking firing you and suing you for lost revenue. Because they don't want the trouble. They don't want the Twitter shitstorm. They don't want the foot. This has happened. Yeah. I mean, here's here's the funny thing. This is a separate story. Years and years ago, when I first started at Mad Engine, um, right when I first started, there this is right around the West Coast Choppers, Orange County Choppers boom. You know, so like kind of mm -hmm. like cholo culture. You know, motorcycle. You know, low riders. Um, what was another one? Right. Yeah, there was another one that ODM did. Anyhow, um. That was all Chola-based. And so, um, L.A., you know, Mexican stuff with the Mary and all that, the pit bulls. So, this company I was working for saw a lot of that stuff at a store, and they're like, this is the next thing. Steal it. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, well... And they're like, we're paying you. You fucking just steal it. And you're like, okay. You know? And the art director, we all made the case, probably shouldn't do it, but the owner of the company is like, I said, fucking make it, make it. Right. So first we made versions like the shirts. And then the owner said, that ain't the fucking shit I wanted. I want that shit. So we made that stuff on, just change the, they put on different t-shirts, different bodies of color, right? That changes it. You know, Just change it 10% of what they always say, right? And uh, so we did that. Sold it to a major... Uh, I can't remember if it was Target or Pennies or Walmart. I, I can't remember. But sold it to a major retail chain. Ends up in stores. One day I come to work. And there's 20 cars in the parking lot. And they're all low riders. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Apparently, the company that made the original shirts was a family. Out in L.A. <laughs> they were all in the gang. You know what I mean? Because they, they stick together. Yes. And they weren't too happy, Brandon. They wanted, <laughs> in Breaking Bad fashion, you know, wanted to see the owner of the company. Yes. And weren't leaving. <laughs> <laughs> so that call had to be made. And a deal was worked out. And money was spent, put it that way, before things got rough, you know? <laughs> so I have... I <laughs> And so anytime I was in a studio and they would go, hey, we should just jack that shit. And it, it's fucking horrendous. Artists don't do it. Uh, okay. If there's 13 artists in a room, 11 to 12 of them don't. You'll always get one or two bad seeds and they have to be reprimanded. But what happens right. is you get these sales reps or people who want to be a salesperson because the commissions are so high, Brandon. I mean... You're making $20 an hour maybe, $17 to $25 an hour, give or take, your position as an artist. The sales reps are getting $10,000 to $100,000 to $1 million commissions. 
And so what they do is they hire people to lay out uh, these I books. Sales rep. They, yeah, well, I try to tell you, you'd be good in sales. You have a do comforting you voice. Do you, need a, do you need a sales rep, Rob? Uh -huh. You know, I, I've been having you sell shopsketchcraft.com shop shop stuff now uh, at the front of these videos for a month, and no, no, no takers. So I don't know if it, you know. <laughs> people need to see my beautiful face. I'm just not so good with. Uh, I'm I'm not good at that. So, anyways, you're, you're throwing me off. So, in, in these companies, you have to make these books that preview all the T-shirts for whatever meetings, and okay. so they would hire people to lay out those books, and those books would work directly with the sales rep, and so those people would always see what the sales reps were making, the crazy shit they went on, the people they got to hang out with, the trips, and so those people were always gunning for the sales job replacement positions, right? Okay. And towards most of that career, they would always hire attractive-looking women because the owner was a fairly sexist dude. And so these chicks, you know, I hate to say it, man, they weren't well-liked. And they would come in and out. It was never one or two people. It was just a rotation. And they would always start off nice and then eventually to see the money. And then you had, you'd just start to hear, regardless of race, creed, background, state, whatever there was, you'd always end up here, just jack that shit jacket you know and i was like first off as a lady i don't know if yelling jacket is exactly the fucking phrase you want to be known for in any company two don't yell out steal people shit you know what i mean right. and so i would be the fucking guy not often but i'd get myself at least twice a year i could get away with it and not become the asshole who would say <clears> hmm <throat> I hear the bank's got lots of money. Let's just jack their fucking money, too. Hey, you know what I mean? Let's go jack that fucking rock star. I took right off their desk. If they had something, I'd just jack it. You know, I'd jack their fucking coffee cup. I jacked it. <laughs> just took that shit. You know? <laughs> there you go. You know? And because these people, they never once spent... I, I even called one out once when they were trying to tell me about art. And I'm like... Name one fucking person you've purchased art from in the past year. Name one. How about the last two years? The last three years? Ever? Right. And the answer is never. But you're going to fucking tell me a guy who does nothing but go home, work on his own stuff, <clears throat> work on weekends, work on holidays, come back here, do this all fucking day, go home, step and repeat. For, for his entire life, you're going to tell me how art works. You. I, mean, I don't fucking tell salespeople how to do shit, but don't fucking tell me about art, you know? I live this shit, regardless of what, who gets a free iPad. These people would get free iPads every Christmas, and we got $25 gift cards to Target. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> that happened one Christmas. That was the year Avengers came out. You know? Yeah. So, when I, I just, these t-shirt companies, man, it goes on and on and on. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> you can't take people's fan art and put it on shirts without paying them. Or getting a release form. Because they own the copyright to that physical art. Now, if you sell reproductions of the art, <clears throat> and you put the logos everywhere, can they give you a DMCA until you take it down? Absolutely. And I'd say if someone gives you a DMCA and says take your print out, fine. If you go to my store, I don't list the names. It doesn't say Sonic the Hedgehog Commission. It doesn't say Final Fantasy Commission. It says F, FF or, or S whatever. Because it's their fucking names. You know, that in their trademarks, they tend to have a bigger issue with. Um, but whatever. I mean, a lot of my work is from my professional career or is fan art. And it's up there for a reason because that's how I get work. You know? That's it. 
I try, Brandon. I try to get them to be on board with these stupid little cartoon sketches you see here. No one will pay me to do it. <laughs> I'd love to draw these silly little cartoon sketches all the time and get paid, but it doesn't work that way. Right. We talked about this enough? Yeah. An hour we talked about this. Well, <clears throat> since we already killed an hour, we got to wrap this up here soon. Um... Did you see the Joker trailer? I uh, sure the teaser, yeah. Yeah, the Joker. teaser. Yeah. What do you think of that? Teasers, Rob. Uh, it's very Nolan-like with the the look of the the face paint. Like it looks like the mask that the Joker had in the the Dark Knight Nolan series, where you know they robbed the banks with <laughs> the white face, red nose, blue lipstick or blue eyeshadow. Type stuff. It looked like just his Joker mask and that. Um, you know that was a play off the '60s, right? Right. Yeah. So that's it's, from the very first episode of the Joker, which I believe was the first episode or second episode of the Batman TV series. Don't quote. No, maybe the sixth episode. Don't. I have it on Blu-ray. Something. something like that. But the first episode of the Joker, he wears that same fucking it, mask. Yeah. It looks. It looked creepy. It had a cool, you know, grit to it. I'm in. I'm intrigued. I'm a little intrigued. Like I, I was like, man, this is gonna be stupid. But then, like you know, you see something like that, and you're like, all right, yeah, okay, okay, I'll see what's up. You know. So it's it's I definitely. I have a question. You are a big DC fan, right? For the most part, yeah. Okay. You have a DC tattoo on you. I have two of them. Yes. <laughs> so yes, I have a I have a Batman and I have a Joker. Right. So you're a bit of a DC fan. Yeah, yeah. Safe to say. For me, the original Tim Burton Batman films were like my Star Wars. So, um, uh, just such a huge fan of it. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. Aren't the complaints... Am I right or wrong? Aren't the complaints about the, uh, the DC films these days that they're too dark? Yes, that was the that was the major complaints, and this is looking kind of dark, right? Oh, it's looking way dark. It's looking almost horror like. Yeah, so I don't know, like, like, and wasn't one of the complaints about the Snyder stuff was that he uses too much music? Yes. So almost like they'd call it like they'd say it was almost like watching music videos with his stuff. Which, you know. Didn't we just essentially get a dark music video? <laughs> We did, we did. We got, we got some music playing, some music scene. And so I'm like, I don't know, man. This company is fucking weird, dude. As a fan, they're weird. Warner, yeah. when you say DC, it's Warner Brothers. DC's making that Teen Titan show. That's a whole other kind of weird, which Monday oh, we'll find. We'll say, look, we'll see what the show plays out like. It's Shows never look good in stills. Even the first Heath, remember when the Heath Ledger stills came out when he was on set with the skateboard right. or in the entertainment? Yeah. You know, I, I don't care about those. The only time they shoot any kind of stills that look good is when when Ann Leibowitz, uh, she's a photographer for Vanity Fair. Yeah. Whenever Ann Leibowitz photographs shit, it looks fucking. She made the Phantom Menace look amazing. Do you ever see that when the Phantom Menace was yeah, in Vanity she Fair? The, uh, she did the one, she did the Vanity Fair cover where. They were all in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon, right? The new crew yeah. when it was like Star Wars was rebooting. Yeah, when Ann Leibowitz, I was like, "Fuck!" You know, I wish these movies looked like Ann Leibowitz's fucking photographs. Pretty amazing. <laughs> Solo looks surprisingly close. I mean, the cinematography, Bradford Young's cinematography is pretty good. Um, 
Anyhow, I digress. So here's the thing, man. Something that is just always confused me about this Joker movie thing is so it's an Elseworld story. It's going to take place in the 80s. So what, Batman's going to be 10? Isn't this essentially just Gotham, the movie? Right? Aren't we back to like, he, they just, you know? It's a, it's a Batman world movie without an actual Batman. It's so. called Gotham. Like they made the whole show. They got five seasons of this fucking nonsense. I'm so confused, bro. I don't know what to think about it. Like, I'm looking at it like... So, their excuse for not putting Batman into TV shows is they have the movies and it would be confusing for people to see two Batman. But we have three Jokers right now. We have the Joker in Gotham. You have the Joker in Suicide Squad. He's not technically the Joker in Gotham. There is a Joker in Suicide Squad. But how about this? They're going to have a continuity of DC films that are tied together and a continuity DC films that have nothing to do with one another. How is that not no, going to be confusing? And no one's going to know. And no one's, and for people who aren't uber into like nerdy stuff, who aren't listening to sketch. I mean, 99.9% of the fucking population. Yeah. They're not going to know. They're going to be like, why is they're going to think that the, uh, Joaquin Phoenix Joker is eventually going to become the Jared Leto Joker. Bro. I have friends to this day. I had a conversation when I was in Seattle with a buddy of mine whose wife legitimately fucking thinks to this day that the Nolan films are prequels to the Tim Burton movie. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm like, but Joker... What? <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good stuff. I mean, sure, why not, right? She doesn't know. Look, look, and I get it. When I was an infant, <laughs> I hate to make fun of her, but she she really, she's a super smart woman who just, I'm like, the lot, she's a, she's, she's a scientist. And I'm like, maybe this is where you realize that, okay, you know, there's a difference between science and uh, common sense. So I'm like, when I was a kid, I thought Beastmaster was a He-Man movie. Now, to a four-year-old, I get it. He's blonde, right? He's got a panther friend, and okay, he doesn't talk, but I knew, you know, realities of real life versus movie. <laughs> you know, and the bad guys aren't Skeletor, but they are turning people into skeletons. Maybe one of those people that turn into skeletons <laughs> become skeletons. You understand? I didn't yeah. realize I was just way more creative than I had a right to be in 1984. Like, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a storyteller. There's people that even before the merger of uh, Fox and Marvel, they were like, why isn't Deadpool in the Avenger world? You know, why isn't these characters in these worlds? Like people don't realize. Yeah. You know, they think, they think things... Superman and Batman are in the Marvel universe. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I've heard that plenty of times. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, people have looked at my Batman tattoo and they're like, they're like, Oh yeah, I like, I like Marvel stuff. And I'm like, yep. Batman's in Marvel. <laughs> I don't even correct him. I just go, yep, that's that's right. Because most people don't know. And that's that's the thing. So that's this is that's why it's so confusing. They're like, we're gonna call it the dark universe, or I mean that's already a studio, but you know, whatever DC's calling it, their their dark series or whatever the fuck it is. It's like people aren't gonna know the difference. I mean if Marvel didn't play that like ten second this clip Joker at the end of the movie that says thing. Marvel. This Joker thing should be the show on DC Direct, and Teen Titans should be a big-budget film on the big screen. They're fucking doing things backwards. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's, that's it. 
That's how I feel about it. And I feel you about know, it now, you know. So you know how in the trailer, I, I, as you say that, in Teen Titans trailer where Robin's like, you know, F Batman, you know? Yeah. If you were to tie that into making the Teen Titans an actual movie and not show, it would actually fit somewhat in the BVS Suicide Squad world because, you know, there's that scene where Batman sure. looks at his suit sure. and it's like, ha, 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 you, you know, screwed you know, up Brandon, Robin outfit. You know, you just it you would just, fit. You, you you're acting like the logic and common sense are being used. Common sense. Look, my friend, she's her wife. His wife, super smart scientist. She once clowned me because I didn't fucking know the periodic table. You know, all I know is element one fifteen, which was the element that Bob Lazar said was using UFOs. Because I'm a fucking nerd. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I guess I know Krypton's on her because you know comic books. That's it. That's all I know. Right. <laughs> I know what the periodic table periodic table looks like because I've had to make shirts. <laughs> right. You know, the, the, the periodic table of DC heroes had to make one of those. You know, I had to make. But I'm like, yeah, the Heath Ledger, Ledger Joker didn't become Jack Nicholson. How would that even work? <laughs> he just take off the makeup and became old and worked for the mobsters and then fell in a vet. Like, I don't. You know, but they don't, people just don't care like we care. That's really what it comes down to. We care a little too much. So, um, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm nonplussed about it, but that's just because, I, what am I supposed to do? Jump up and down for a fucking Joker movie? Like, it comes out, what, next October? Like, it's a year from now, bro. What am I, I, mean, I can't get excited about any movie that's a year away. Like, I know they'll probably hit us with a preview of, um, Episode nine, probably in November, or December, a year before it comes out, you know, right? Because that's how JJ did it the last time, and mm-hmm. that they I, they probably will. And so, if that's the case, I still won't be jumping up and down because it's a year's wait, bro. Like it's like I like when they show me the Daredevil trailer, and that shit's coming out in three weeks. Right, Daredevil comes out October nineteenth. Which that trailer looked fucking awesome. I know it's been yeah. two and a half fucking years since they made a season of Daredevil, but geez, you know, I just long as they stick with the tone of the first two seasons and the Punisher, we're good to go, bro. And I want to say something else. I just started watching. We'll wrap this up. I just started watching Jessica Jones season two, and I had to stop after like two episodes. And I'm like, I love the first season. What what, what happened? And I have I this the first season. I have this theory, man. They hired a bunch of people that are trying to make comic booky things, and they're not making. The way I feel about the Netflix universe, story. they're not making a universe that fits within the tone of the characters. So for me, the way I look at the, 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 the Netflix Marvel Universe stuff is it's something specific to the tone of the character. In the case of um, Matt Murdock, it's like Law and Order meets Unbreakable. Mm-hmm. Unbreakable meaning that it's like a grounded, realistic version of superpowers in some way. Yeah. You know? He still gets his ass kicked, but he still fights. He still keeps going. It's super grounded in heightened ability, heightened reality, but it's not uh, taking the frames and speeding them up with a little motion blur to make a fat guy run around the city. Like, that's not a good idea. That's CW <laughs> territory, and not even good CW. Like, I no. Mean, I made it through, I think, three, uh, four episodes of Jessica When Jones, she said and... scrody sense, I turned it off. This is not the same character from the first season. No. <clears throat> my, my wife, she didn't even finish the season. I think she made it through like nine out of the 12 episodes or how many there is. She didn't finish it. My wife, even at one point, she's like, she got up, she's like, I can't, I can't watch anymore. I'm like, what? And she tells me what's happened, you know, what I missed. And I was like, no fucking way. And she's like, yeah, this is bad. 
And so like, I got friends telling me, well, it's because the episodes are too long. I'm like, no, this is the tone is all off. You know, yeah. the tone is way off. So, you know, like Luke Cage should be unbreakable meets menace to society or do the right thing or, you, you know, you know what I mean? Like yeah. Iron Fist should be the raid meets unbreakable or big trouble in little China meets unbreakable. If you want to have more fun, you know, yeah. like, like Jessica Jones should be like a crime noir set in Manhattan. They have the more glitzier part, you know, and she's, you know, she's like a Eddie she's Valiant. She's a drunk, you know, and she's, right. yeah, she's, she looks the part, but she ain't the part, you know, and right. with Unbreakable. Like, that's it, man. Like, that's just a formula you, for the tone. And just, I mean, in the first episode of the first season, she was on the toilet taking a dump, pretending to be some chick on the phone, you know, <laughs> and ran out of toilet paper. Like, there is nothing like that in the first few episodes of season two. And I just think they, 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 they don't get it. So, luckily, Better Call Saul is out, so I'm enjoying the shit out of that. That's amazing. Uh, quick little thing. Uh, Armando said, isn't the uh, the movie's called the DC Black Label? Uh, I think that, for Armando, I think that's just for the books. I think that's for, like, the Batman Damned book and stuff. I don't think that's what the movie universe is going to be called, but I could be wrong, I th- but I'm pretty sure the... Let me tell Black you, when we go to the, the theater books. a year from now to sit down and watch this movie, let me tell you what's going to play in front of it, DC. You're not going to see another label. Yeah. Do you see another label in front of the Lego Batman? No. No. Let me tell you, whatever they said, when the day comes, they're just going to put DC on there. <laughs> That's it. Just DC. That's what they're going to say. Yeah. Marvel doesn't have a separate logo for... It doesn't say Marvel Knights before Netflix. It says Marvel. It says Netflix and then Marvel. At least now on the Sony movies, they're making them put in association with Marvel. So Marvel mm. doesn't... If you look at the Venom trailer, it says in association with... <laughs> Because they don't, you know. But you think anyone's going to really know the difference? No. Look, hey, on a bright note, uh, Bob Iger over at Disney confirmed this week that Feige's in charge of X-Men. I know. That's so right. awesome. Right. They got to get the Russo brothers when they're done with these Affinity War movies to, to give them a for break. Those that, for those that don't know, Feige is the man behind making all this Marvel Universe movies work. Yeah. Well, he, he, he also did 13 like Marvel movies before he was in charge of that. He used to be assistant to Avi Arad, who was in charge of the Spider-Man films. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was, you know, had to oversee, he had to sit there, you know, and they don't get along too well. No. But Feige's the guy that negotiated um, for Iron Man rights back from Paramount. And he's the reason why Marvel got the rights back, which is why they put him in charge. It's true. And without that, you don't get the entire MCU, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, uh, can't be more excited. Can't care less for the X Men Dark Phoenix movie. <laughs> no, just get that, get that out of the way. Yeah. Put it in theaters for like a couple weeks. Get it out of the way, and then bam, we got a reboot. Yeah, and uh, without Daniel Rad Heathcliff, whatever his name is, Daniel Harry Radcliffe. Pratt. No, can I say this? We'll no, 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 can't do it. Can't do it. Hundred percent. All right. Anything else? Nah. I'll save the rest for next week. All right. Uh, let me. Uh. Uh. I don't think I can. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh. We'll skip the. I. I can't. I can't turn on the other thing without turning on the intro. So. 
All right, Brandon, with that being said, I'm going to get back to work. I got other stuff to do. We will see you all maybe in a week, maybe not. Remember, folks, all the podcasts I've ever done are archived on the YouTube channel. At some point, I'll probably find a way to get like a gum road up. So if someone wants to get all the podcasts, I can throw some money no, in the No, because then I'll have, to, I'll have to do the uploading on that too. Yeah, well, you're definitely going to be doing that. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Wax on, wax off, buddy. All right, peace. Bye, everybody.